across the United States, the women's right to choose is under attack. Let us go now to hear uh, the words of the president of Planned Parenthood on the draconian Texas anti-choice law. My heart is exactly uh, with the patients and the providers uh, in Texas right now. You know, as you just heard, uh, patients and providers were in clinics uh, up until, you know, the very last moments uh, yesterday and last week, really trying to provide not just the logistical support to help uh, get people out of state and, and secure the resources to do so, but also uh, to grapple with the emotional burden that they are carrying mm. right now. That now that Texas has literally turned back the clock 50 years. So it's an incredibly dark day, not just for the 7 million women of Texas, but also to you know the 80% of Americans who, who believe that there should be safe and legal abortion. And uh, unfortunately, this law uh, in effect has uh, de facto taken that right away in Texas. Beyond taking that right away in general and vastly decreasing the time window there, right, to six weeks, no exception if, if a woman is raped or the victim of incest, abused by a family member. What's your reaction to that? Well, I mean, look, I think it's, it's completely unconscionable. And, you know, what we have to understand, right, is that most people don't know that they are actually pregnant by six yeah. weeks. 85% of abortion happens in Texas after six weeks. So there could be people waking up today or this week finding out that they are pregnant and and not having a full race decision for them. And so, you know, in effect, you know, the this law, not only not allowing for exceptions, but also, you know, empowering any citizen in any state to bring essentially a bounty onto anyone who is supporting someone trying to get an abortion in Texas is really what is just so draconian. Putting a $10,000 bounty, uh, which is, I think, just emblematic of vigilante justice. It's horrific. All righty. So there you see talking about a bounty of uh, $10,000 on Wednesday, September 1st, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled five to four to leave in place uh, the Texas law that bans the most abortions in the state, not allowing the procedure even in the case of rape or incest. The clip you just heard uh, was the president and CEO of Planned Parenthood speaking the day after of that ruling. Now, um, many say that the new abortion law will disproportionately impact impoverished women. In fact, it will disproportionately impact impoverished women, especially women of color who already face racial disparities in maternal health. Long before the law's passage, black infants in Texas were twice as likely as white infants to die before their first birthday, according to the Commonwealth Fund. Nationally, the black maternal mortality rate is 44 deaths per 100,000 live births compared to a rate of 17.9 uh, white deaths. In 2018, nearly 39% of reported abortion patients in Texas were Latina, higher than any other racial group, this according to the CDC report. Furthermore, according uh, to researchers, half of all women in the United States who got an abortion in 2014 lived in poverty, double the percentage 
1994. The figure is now expected to be much higher in 2021. Now, the Supreme Court uh, this year spent less than three days dealing with the case um, that basically allowed the Texas law to move forward. There were no oral arguments before the justices. The majority opinion was uh, unsigned. It was only one paragraph long. In dissent, Justice Elena Kagan said the case illustrated just how far the court's shadow docket decisions uh, may depart from the usual judicial process and said the use of shadow docket every day becomes more unreasonable, inconsistent, and impossible to defend. A shadow docket is a procedure where Supreme Court justices can decide important cases on an emergency uh, basis. Um, Biden administration says it will do what it can to protect women's right to choose. And briefs were filed on Wednesday in the Justice Department's challenge to Texas abortion ban. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton touted the trips Texas women are making out of state to obtain abortions as a point in his favor in defending the law, if you could believe that. Paxton was addressing an argument that the Biden administration had made for why it should be allowed to challenge the six-week abortion ban in federal court. The Justice Department said that the way the ban affects interstate commerce gives the United States the authority to bring a lawsuit challenging it. Now, um, here uh, to discuss uh, all of this uh, with us, I would like to uh, welcome uh, Emmy, um, who is an entrepreneur. She's based in Los Angeles with a passion for giving back to the community. Uh, she is a surrogate for vice president. She was a surrogate for vice president-elect Kamala Harris, along with being an award-winning event uh, producer. Emmy devotes much of her time to advocacy programs for women's rights, Latino education, and gender equality. As a stellar community organizer, Emmy brings her 10 plus years of event experience to Women's March at LA. In 2016, she founded the Women's March LA Foundation, a nonprofit organization, and is the driving force behind the official Women's March in Los Angeles. Since January 2017, she's been involved in activism on both the local and national level and has served as the bridge between many organizations to combine forces in the what is known as the summer of resistance. She's spoken to numerous groups, including the League of Women Voters, the Hope Conference um, for Hispanics, organized for political unity, equality, Cal State LA, UCLA, UCLA, and uh, much more. And um, Emmy, I I just call you Emmy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, instead of your your full name, as as you are known uh, by many. Welcome back to Sojourner Truth. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Now, Emmy, you know the thing that is so galling about what is happening is that the right to life movement, the Texas law is like a dream come true for them. Clearly it's a threat to Roe versus Wade, but the focus on uh, on the f f fetus 
before a child is born, but after the child is born, not really giving a care about that child. I mean, you can see what's happening now on the Hill with blocking. Some people want to block the child tax credit that is so popular that helps to feed children. Impoverished women um, are, are denied uh, resources. Even being a mother isn't uh, um, seen as a, a real job. A real job is seen as something outside the home. So there's all of this focus, uh, which seems to me a lot of double speak about protecting the life of the fetus. But after a child is born, just throw the child to the rails. Emmy. This is this, the, this is part of the Republican agenda. Let's, let's be clear here. What it is, it is the uh, ability to control a woman's body. And this, that's what they care about. And, and who that really affects is the ability to control black and brown bodies. Let's not get it twisted. With the Hyde Amendment, when it passed, uh, Mr. Hyde was really clear. I cannot control all women and all abortions, but I will do control some with Medicaid, which was a clear indication of black and brown women. And what that does really, controlling women's body also controls their ability to participate in social and economic life because you are strapped down with kids, you do not have access to reproductive health, and, and it, it realistically keeps you in poverty. I mean, Texas is one of the worst states for women when we talk about poverty levels, when we talk about paid leave, when we talk about poverty wages. I mean, it doesn't even accommodate pregnant women or breastfeeding workers at any level. So this is really about policing and controlling black and brown women's bodies. This is what this is about. Absolutely. And I mean, you see attack and attack uh, coming after uh, women. And by the way, a lot of those red states where there is a, a vibrant anti-vaxxer uh, movement and not making any comment of people who don't want uh, vaccines or not, but the argument being used is, well, it's our liberty to do what we want with our bodies. These same folks okay, are opposing women's right to choose. So there seems to be a huge uh, contradiction there. Uh, but, uh, but in so many areas, Emmy, not only a women's right to choose, but you see domestic violence very much on the uptick um, with, uh, with COVID, the legislation that's now stuck, um, Biden's scare economy that's now stuck in Congress with so many things um, that would benefit women, including childcare, the child tax credit, paid leave, etc. So it just seems to me as though women are under attack all around. And, you know, tell us about the what the Women's March, the Women's March Foundation in L.A., but also what women across the country are doing about this. So women across the country are we're really working towards a care economy. We need to protect women. We are working on the Marshall Plan as well. Um, at this time, we are marching on October 2nd really, really to talk about uh, Roe v. Wade. And, you know, codifying Roe v. Wade is, is essential um, for women right now. I mean, that would be, mean passing a law that would affirm a pregnant woman's right to an abortion without undue interference. And although Roe versus Wade is still law, 
what Texas has done is that it has put more women in danger. It has set a bounty on them. So women are under attack at all levels. Let's not forget that women lost their jobs at a higher rate during COVID. So now we are saying to women, you are unemployed, you are poor, and now we're going to force you to have children. This is what we're dealing with here, right? And there is there is really no... no um, uh, silver lining for women because we are under attack financially, politically. So women are standing up. We must codify Roe versus Wade um, through the Senate. We're waiting past Congress. We're waiting through to this for the Senate. But we must also look at the Marshall Plan. Um, as you have clearly stated, a lot of folks think that a woman's work should be free. Society lives lives and benefits from a, a woman's work, which is free work, um, right? So I think that, that we must really look towards the Marshall Plan for women, really looking towards the child uh, tax credit, and making sure that we are protecting women at all levels. Yeah, and you know, our those who are just joining us, we are discussing this massive attack on women's right to choose. You know, our right on whether to become a mother or not. Every mother is a working mother. It is a full-time job. Of course, we love our children, uh, but uh, especially during COVID, um, more people around the world, uh, Emmy, uh, really, uh, this this became so visible. Our guest is Emiliana uh, Gouret, is with the Women's March Foundation in Los Angeles and, and part of major marches that will be happening not only in Los Angeles, but around the country. Um, now, Emmy, the, you know, this business about um, the uh, Kavanaugh uh, Trump appointee, Amy Coney Barrett uh, Trump appointee, Gorsuch, um, the Supreme Court uh, appointee. And I remember, you know, all of the fight, the flap that went on over uh, Brett Kavanaugh. And I know you were involved, you were involved in that, where uh, the woman who came forward, who was uh, sexually uh, abused, sexually assaulted by this man, who's now the Supreme Court justice, wasn't taken seriously. And now it has come out that the FBI failed in their efforts to pursue, uh, you know, talking to people, even um, interviewing the woman involved and, and so many others that could have provided testimony. And so he slipped through as a Supreme Court uh, justice. And then you have some of the Republican women saying, well, they believed that um, he would not, uh, you know, Know, be part of attacking Roe versus Wade. And then, of course, is Amy Coney Barrett, um, who really comes out of a, a very, very right-wing uh, movement uh, that has previously opposed um, uh, Roe versus Wade, a, a woman's right to choose, even though she demurred on making it clear during her confirmation process what she would do. Um, your thoughts on this, I mean, uh, on the fact that uh, women have been so under attack, women spoke out on all of this, but then again, we're just rolled over. And um, your thoughts on, on whether you think Roe versus Wade is indeed under threat with the makeup of this Supreme Court? 
Emmy. Absolutely, absolutely. We fought for we fought the the Kavanaugh um, situation. Why? Because we knew that there was a disregard for women from this 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 Supreme Court at this point, right? So we. FBI ignored tips. Everyone ignored tips. No different than Trump. Everyone ignored uh, really who he was, and and this is who they are. Realistically speaking, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett were shoved into the Supreme Court seat in for lifetime appointments without enough vetting. We must must expand the courts. We must balance the courts because what we have right now in the Supreme Court are really anti-women Supreme Court justices that were not vetted, that in my opinion are unqualified to be in those seats without enough vetting. When, you, when the FBI says that it ignored, that it ignored tips on Brett Kavanaugh, that's unconscionable. This is a lifetime appointment. And they ignored tips. Amy Coney Barrett was shoved into that seat before the next election. Um, and Christine Blasey Ford was completely disregarded. Her, her, she still has PTSD over this. And so I, I really think that we must balance the court. We must expand the court, balance them, because it is women's rights and women's issues that are at stake here, because this is what they go after. Yes, and, and Emmy, um, the thing is, is that the women's movement, I mean, I, I do recall the, the time that um, women were getting illegal um, abortions. I actually knew someone who died, a young mother, leaving two children, a young Puerto Rican mother in Brooklyn, New York, who left two children, um, you know, as a result of this. So know that women are going to die. Talk a, a bit about the, 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 the economic disparity because clearly women who are living in Texas who have the resources may be able to fly to another state um, where such a draconian law is not in place uh, to get an abortion. But for impoverished women, a lot of whom are women of color, that's not going to happen. And it's not surprising uh, to see the, that a number of those women uh, are Latina, a number of them are black women. Just talk about that disparity. And, uh, and secondly, the governor Abbott of Texas saying, you know, because the, the idea that if you're raped, you're a victim of rape or incest, you cannot get an abortion in the state. And his solution, well, he has, he, he knows how to end rape. Well, <laughs> Emmy, your thoughts on all this? Realistically speaking, this is, this is really, really a Republican attack and red state attack on women. Um, we at Women's March Foundation have received a lot of requests from outside clinics um, in Kansas and Missouri and Colorado that are starting started to see patients as early as September 2nd from Texas um, and being overwhelmed with this. And really, really, it is a... Um, it is sad that these women have to travel out of state, but the income, the impact is on their, their poverty. If they are seeing clinics to get abortions, they do not necessarily have the money 
to travel to a different state, to take time off of work, to bring their kids. So we can see who it impacts and we can see who it was really uh, passed for because Roe v. Wade didn't just didn't just uh, start abortions. Roe v. Wade protected women, right? So now there is no protection for women in Texas. I will say that we do have, if we go to womensmarchfoundation.org, we are helping clinics that are in need of, of resources to be able to give uh, uh, funding and grant for women to leave the state to Go get reproductive health care because that's really what's at stake here. This isn't just about abortion. This is about reproductive health care. Historically, black and brown women in poverty also do not have insurance, right? So they are relying on these clinics. They are relying on the Planned Parenthood and the Trust Women Clinics in Oklahoma to help them. And so what this has done is really an attack on working women, women uh, living under poverty, and it is the Latina and the black women in Texas. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Emmy, the the, sec, the wing of the women's movement that I have been part of have always stood for women's right to choose as well as women's right to have children because we're also denied the resources as we said earlier uh once you have um once you have that child but emmy you know scores of there's a, a new york times article that talks about uh something like 500 uh athletes um, who are supporting reproductive rights. It tells a, a poignant story of uh, Chrissy uh, Pernum, who is a three-time Olympic medalist, talking about the abortion that she had when she was 19 years old. Tell us a bit about um, the women who are coming out, people who are coming out, but also what will be happening at the Women's March? Like at, at this, this is happening on October the 2nd, Saturday, October 2nd. Tell us where women should meet, who they should expect uh, to hear there, and, uh, and also how they can get information about either volunteering to help or participating in the march. Emmy. Absolutely. So we are, you know, we're hearing from a lot of women. We also want to say that this is intergenerational. We're fighting for this. Our parents fought for this. And now it's time for the younger generation to really continue this fight as well with us. So we are, we are meeting in Persian Square Saturday morning. We gather at 9 a.m. And we march to City Hall for a program. We have one stage this year. But really what we, who you will be hearing from is, you know, uh, uh, you'll be hearing from um, Planned Parenthood CEO from Texas that is out here that has stated that California has been the most helpful to Texas women. We're marching with our sisters in Texas, for our sisters in Texas, that more than anything, we're marching to really strike down this law so that it does not continue throughout the states. We're seeing it in Mississippi. We're seeing it in Florida. So we must come out in numbers October the 2nd before the Supreme Court reconvenes on October the 4th to show that we must 
strike down this law. Um, you will hear from uh, elected officials. You will hear from activists, from Latinas for Reproductive Justice, from Black Women for Wellness. You will hear from Muslims for Progressive Values, and a few politicians, including including my favorite Karen Bass, who I'm really excited to hear from. But really, we all need to show up in numbers. We are at womensmarchfoundation.org. Get involved. Sign up to volunteer. Reach out. We must all show up in numbers to make sure that women are protected. Yeah, and, you know, that's so important, Emmy, because, you know, this has ripple effects. I mean, if you look at what's happening uh, across the so-named border in Mexico, where there was a pro-choice ruling that happened on September the 7th, that it is unconstitutional to punish abortion as a crime. So you see, you know, a lot of eyes are in on the United States because the winning of Roe versus Wade did have an impact where women across the world have been fighting um, for to be able to control our, our own bodies and to decide whether or not we want to be a mom. So this is a critical, critical, critical moment uh, right now that will have an impact not only in the United States, but in other parts of the world. Uh, just some final words from you, Emmy. Absolutely. I would say join us. Join a local march. Continue this fight with us. We must protect women because women hold the world up. We know that. Absolutely. With both our unpaid and our, our paid work, our guest, uh, Emiliana uh, Goreka, thank you so very much for, for joining us and your work uh, pulling this. Together. By the way, we do have information on um, October the 2nd, what will be happening on the Sojourner Truth website. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Know your mom, and we know how busy you are balancing so many things. Thank you, Emmy. Thank you for having me.